You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. No. Just kidding, of course. Oh, click on more reviews. For the fans, by the fans. I like that. Kevin and Pat, Kevin and Pat. These reviews are terrible. Well, because we... we I'm kidding. No, I know. (laughs) Gareth, are we necessary? Is that what we're finding out, that you and I are just uh, Uh. expendable? Get out of here. Way back, hooks up. There's a cycle. You can put it on the board. Yes! A single, double, triple, and home run in one game. He has hit for the cycle. All right, we're back. The cycle took a little break there. So much going on, a lot of travel, and um, we're, we're going to make it up to you, listeners. We are going to knock out two episodes this week. Our first, we just had a great conversation with Jason Benetti, and you guys are going to fall in love with Jason Benetti. You're going to fall in love with him all year long. This guy is sharp. He's he's funny, and he's got a great voice, and what better for a podcast than a great voice? So enjoy this. Uh, make sure you are getting tickets to the opener. It's April 8th. It's a 3-10 game versus Cleveland. That's the home opener. The season starts April 4th in Oakland. But the first three games, opening weekend, April 8th, 9th, and 10th, tickets are going. So make sure you get to WhiteSox.com, and we will see you at the park. Also, please review the podcast. We're not asking for great reviews, good, bad, or indifferent. We just want reviews on iTunes. We appreciate it. And if you do review the podcast... We will put you in a running to win an autograph hat by Chris Sale. And we're going to give that hat away on April 11th. So enjoy this conversation with Jason Benetti. And thanks for listening to The Cycle. This will not go over two hours, we promise. Sweet. Sweet. (laughs) I love it. All right, good, good. I, I had I had blocked out uh, Saturday and Sunday as well, so I can clear those. <laughs> we had a we might Easter have some weekend, a very special weekend with Jason Benetti. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to the game today? Uh, I am not actually. I have uh, I've had seven in a row, so I've decided to take uh, take a day for myself away from the game and uh, get back to it tomorrow. All right, already mailing it in, wow. kind of getting a little comfortable there, huh, Jace? That's that. No, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. In fact, I just spent forty five minutes on the phone with my cable and internet company trying to set up my stuff for my place in Chicago, where I've lived for all of one day before coming to spring training. So. Uh, Today is today is logistical nightmare day in oh, Benetti gosh. Land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You need to hire some people. You need you're yeah, big just, time now. You're in people. the major leagues. You don't call the cable company anymore. <laughs> There's interns for that. Right. Right. All right. Well, we're very excited to have you, Jason, and uh, I can't imagine how excited you are to get the season underway. Talk to me about spring training and uh you getting your legs or are you getting more comfortable in the booth you know it, it's been uh it's been great it's been great and to be honest i'd i'd like to say i'm getting more comfortable in the booth however uh steve stone was so welcoming in the first place that i don't know that it's possible to get more comfortable with the person i'm working with in the booth and the crew too i mean everybody has been so warm and kind and trying to get this thing running from the get-go that I, 
it's it's been fantastic. I mean, it really has. Steve, Steve Talk has to me been about a, getting the job. I mean, like, what? Well, let's walk it back to that. They're welcoming you right away. But well, what was that process like when you got hired? So I, uh, it started. I went in October back to Chicago for a uh, Saturday in October. I had an event, which is like the the nerdiest event in the world. It was a 50th anniversary get together for our radio and TV stations from high school. So it was like a large, <laughs> like an art, a large scale a AV club gathering. Tags right now. Yeah, yeah. Hello, my name is Pocket Protector Number Fifteen. <laughs> right. Uh, so that was that was that was great. I went for that, and uh, we 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 all had uh, we all had high C, and it was wonderful. And then Monday, uh, I, I had I had talked to Brooks Boyer from the Sox uh, prior to that, and I said, "Hey, I'm coming to Chicago." If you all are interested and wanted to talk to me, I'll, I'll be in town. And he said, yeah, we're, you know, we've heard your name. We're interested. So why don't you come by on Monday? So I just happened to be coming to Chicago. I met with, with Brooks and a couple other folks in the Sox and, and a representative from GN and Comcast both. And um, we had a nice meeting. And then I didn't hear anything for a little while. Then I got a call back in December. I was actually doing a Syracuse basketball game that night. They were playing Colgate. Yeah, I and saw that about, you went to Syracuse. I went to Dayton, and you guys knocked us out the first round. Yeah, so, my uh, my sincere, sincere apologies for yeah, that, yeah. really. Sincere well, you have apologies. a voice like that. You can sound sincere, but I know you're not. I know you don't care. No, 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 no. No, no, Go ahead. Yeah, no, Go ahead to your big apathy. job you got. Talk to us about the big job. Big league broadcaster rubbing it in. I just got a look, podcast. <laughs> He's just hostile with look, everybody. Here's the, thing. here's the thing about Dayton basketball. Uh, you guys beat Syracuse a couple years ago. I just, I, well, you didn't, I, you didn't know me at the time, so you didn't get to throw that in my face. But, you know, we're even now, right? right. We're yeah, even. That's true. That's true. Yeah, Dayton's even with Syracuse now. In, in basketball. basketball. Basically the same <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Dead even. It's a dead heat. Right, right. All right, so I have a habit of making things about me because I'm a comedian. But let's get back to you, and you're, you're, you're getting the job. You grew up a White Sox fan? Is that true? I, I did, yeah. It is true. Oh, man, this has got to be mind-blowing. Well, a lot of people can say they were a big fan of a team, but, Jason, I heard a story uh, about a young Jason Benetti actually writing a letter to the White Sox. Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> So, so here's what it was. A young Jason Benetti in, like, second grade did uh, an assignment. It was called I Wonder, right? That was, that was the assignment. What, what do you wonder will happen in 20 years? So my I Wonder was I wonder if I'll be the play-by-play announcer for the White Sox no in kidding. 20 years. You're yeah. That, timeline, I want to see that. Do you have that? Have I have it. I have it somewhere in my email. I can. I can. I can get it to you. Oh, We're gonna tweet is, it out. That is classic. Was it on like the paper that has like the, um, you know, the dash line through the middle of it? Yeah. Like, oh like, yeah. No. Uh, so no. 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 So so I used a lot of that paper, especially in cursive writing class in, in third grade. But but and I still can't write a cursive Q, and I think it's useless anyway. The uh, cursive Q is ridiculous. Point. It's a Z. Cursive Q is like a two. It's like a regal two. It's like a two that thinks right. and the it's o, part of the king's court. Oh, the they try and it's just like a, a circle with a fancy haircut. haircut it's right. just a silly palm. Just a Palmer method. I'm familiar with it. Carry on, though, with this big story 
about uh, no, but there was a, uh, <laughs> nice, nice. I appreciate that. Thank you. I'll, I'll keep it. T- I'll just. I'll answer yes or no from now on. <laughs> no, no. So oh, the, come on! I'm kidding. The paper we were in the, the paper same room. It's because it's it, Skype. All. If we we're in the same room, there would be more love. We were very excited about this. I love that you grew up a White Sox fan. Who was your favorite player? So Robin Ventura was my guy. I was a huge Robin Ventura fan. Oh, that is awesome. Have you now? Do you want me to elaborate, or was that short <laughs> enough for you? Oh, man. Jeez, I'm just still pissed off about the Syracuse win, okay? I'm <laughs> taking it out on you. I'm going to walk it back a little bit. I apologize. Uh, now I'm wondering if you're ever going to accept my apology. I'm going to write an essay right now. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, uh, this is an inflammatory podcast. <laughs> We're trying We're to get listeners. <laughs> We're trying to be edgy now because no one's listening. No. I like. Are we all going to get tattoos next time I'm on? <laughs> I hope so. If you had to get a tattoo, what would you get? What would I get if I had to get a tattoo? Wow. The, the, I mean, the answer is that would never happen. I just, <laughs> I'm not that guy. Exactly. Me neither. It would never uh, but I, I really do. I really do enjoy crossword puzzles. It would probably be like some <laughs> some variation on a crossword puzzle, like the entire thing, clues and all. Ah, uh, that would be that would be a whole body tattoo, which I certainly am not in for, at least at this point. Um, but like the HF but, you know, logo, could, the HF logo. Yeah, like maybe a, maybe a Viking. There you go. Yeah, there. I like it. See, now we're so, getting to my second tattoo, which is even less likely than the first one, which is still at zero. I love that you didn't have a first tattoo, but now you're thinking about your second. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, you got to move forward, right? you got to right. be thinking ahead. Oh, that's hilarious. I love that they found you, that you're um, a Southsider, that you're a bona fide White Sox fan, but they didn't find you by accident. I, I remember talking to Bob Graham at SoxFest, and he was like, this guy's been on our radar. He's doing great things. And someone had uh, even told him, like, if you want to get this guy, you got to get him now. Talk about your career. You went to Syracuse. You're starting to get into broadcasting in college. I think you even did some stuff in high school. Just walk us through where you've been. So I did, I did some games in high school at, the, at WHFA, the HF radio station. I went to Syracuse. I did games there, uh, part of the student station, WAER. I graduated from Syracuse. Uh, did a season of independent baseball actually in Crestwood for the Windy City Thunderbolts, uh, which was an here. effort. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hope you didn't yeah, drink a lot of water during it's... those games. Yes. 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 They tried to get every weather pattern they could into one team name, uh, <laughs> and they succeeded very well over in Crestwood. <laughs> so I did. I did those games for a year. I went back to Syracuse for a summer. Was the number two for the Triple A Chiefs. Then got my own number one job. Uh, the voice of the Salem Avalanche, which uh, is now the Red Sox. It, it was an A-ball team in the Carolina League for the Astros. Then went back to Syracuse, took over in Syracuse as the lead announcer, and I was there from uh, 2009 to 2014. In between, uh, I did games at High Point University, basketball. I did a season of women's basketball at DePaul, and I also uh, I went to law school at Wake Forest and graduated uh, a couple of years ago from there. Oh, my goodness. That is so you have a law degree on top of all that. I do. And, and that's incredible. So what about the um, doing different sports? Do you have a, a favorite sport to broadcast? So 
honestly, I enjoy whatever sport I'm doing, and I know that sounds like a press release answer, and I don't mean for it to. No. But I, I, I love the intensity of basketball and football, but I, when I'm doing baseball, I feel most at home simply because with 162 games, 81 games, however many games, you get to know the players better than in any sport, and you get to know the tendencies better, and those blowout-type games allow your mind to stretch more. So it's not simply, hey, let's focus on this play and that play and this play and that play. You can go deeper in baseball, and I think, uh, I think there's something really lovely about that. Well, I think that um, listeners, too, and people watching television connect more with the broadcasters of baseball because it's like we're getting to know you as well. There's a lot more time to, you know, your personality to come through and, you know, anecdotes and things that you've, uh, you know, just life experiences. In basketball, you can't really breathe like that. Yeah, it's, uh, the other sports are so rhythmic. Football, it's a play, then the analyst jumps in, and you call the play, and the analyst jumps in, and you call the play, and then basketball, it's just up and down the court. So there's very little time, like you just said, to, to get any deeper into these stories. And you get to know the players better, too. Yeah. I mean, in the first inning, in the first inning, as we're talking just yesterday, we, we put up a whole quote from Jose Abreu about the, the Cuban baseball game between the, the Rays and, and the team from Cuba the other day and how important that was to him. You don't really get the chance to do that in basketball, and that was just one at bat from Jose. So it was it was great. Yeah. So I'm sure everyone's asked you about you know big shoes to fill um, with Hawk, and Hawk embraced you uh, right away and is is endorsing you, and you know he's a guy that's known for for being Hawk and having Hawkisms and having phrases. And, and again, I'm sure you've gotten this question, but are you are you trying out some things um, down in Arizona, like things that you you might want to say on air or catchphrases or anything like that? No, I, honestly, I'm not. I am not a catchphrase guy, or at least I have not been so far in my career. Did, I did mean, you ever have one when you started out? Like, did you did you think you were going to be that guy and thought that you just? I had didn't. It? Never did. I, I never really did. When I was coming through school, you know, it was kind of the tail end of the Sports Center era. The, the Dan Patrick, Keith Olbermann thing had already passed. And, and sure. so I didn't grow up. I mean, I grew up in that era, but I wasn't doing games in that era. And to me, doing games has always been different than, than being in a studio where, where those guys did a lot of that. And when I was growing up, I had Hawk and his catchphrases. And, like, that's, that's what I was saying to people when I was – talking about games i was using hawkisms what's your favorite so, hawk phrase what's your your favorite one you know i i like i like i like the intensity of stay fair it will right <laughs> so like he's hoping while the ball is in the air that's gonna get down you can feel the passion like he he is the ball for a moment and he's so proud of it when it does stay fair when he it says will. that it will right. it's like he did it His, his yeah, his level of ability to guide a baseball from the booth is high. Right, right. I, I personally think. I love and that. And so to me, that's my favorite one. I know you haven't been a catchphrase guy in the past, but can I just run one by you? Uh, sure. We have a new pitcher here on the White Sox, and I think whenever he strikes someone out, what do you think about saying Latos Alligatos? Uh, see you Latos Alligatos. See? Uh, for, I mean, it rolls off the tongue. It uh, would you say rolls off the tongue or I like would. clunkily bounds off the tongue? I'm not the one who was I, mean to you, Jason. I'm. Uh, I'm or the how about one. how about when John Dank strikes someone out? Just be like, "Thanks you very much," or "No, thanks you." Thanks. Yeah, no, thanks no, for thank trying. you. 
So you know what that. I like about these is they, they require a lot of thought to come up with them. They're not the first thing that somebody would think of. So that's, that's, what, that's what draws me to them. Thank you. I appreciate, we appreciate that. that. Yeah. I'm glad we, you noticed. We put some work into that. Yeah. My favorite, thank you all. My yeah, and if you want to ghostwrite some things, you're welcome to. <laughs> my, my favorite hawk thing, not a phrase. I love when he says, um, in case you missed that replay, or in case you missed it earlier, and he just goes, poof, poof. Because he's, I mean, like, he's like a great, magician almost. Like he's just like he's making that replay appear. He's just like poof. I love that. I know some things about television history, and I'm going to guess this: that the sound effect now used for the wipe from game action to replay, I, I actually think it was created by Hawk. <laughs> I think he started it, and then the wipe sound came. I mean, he's created so many phrases that I could I could actually buy that. I love that, though, you never had one. You never had a catchphrase. Is there anything that you used to do on air? Like, what was maybe, like, a, an on-air mistake or something that you look back on and, like, oh, I was a young broadcaster, and I can't believe I used to say that. I can't believe I used to do that or think that. Hmm. An on-air mistake. There are so many. Um, <laughs> the, 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 um, the, hmm, I'm trying to think of, Huh. Do you get nervous? I mean, there, do you ever get nervous for big games, or were you nervous in the first nervous? spring training I, game? I have gotten nervous. Although the first spring training, I was good. I was ready to go. I mean, I the the good thing is I have done games in front of big crowds before and big oh, audiences yeah. and all that stuff. Like when when Steven Strasburg came through Syracuse, we had like fifteen thousand people, and the Syracuse Chiefs just don't draw fifteen thousand people. They're doing better nowadays, but they don't draw 15,000. It was like a fire hazard. Oh, and that day, we were on Masson, the national regional network, and all this stuff. And I was, I, was, I was real nervous. I was real nervous. Sure. But then once the game starts, is that, do the nerves go away? Once I throw up a couple times in the garbage can underneath <laughs> the table, I am great. <laughs> Makes sense. That's great. So the um, – Interview process um, kind of rolls along here. And then talk about when they offered you the job. Who's the first person you called? Oh, I called my parents. Of course. I called my parents first. And their reaction was actually pretty funny. It was like, oh, great. Because they had known about it for so long. And it, it, was, it was a lengthy process, right? So, like, I had told them every step of the way what was going on. And the Sox were good with that. They understood that, like, they would be picking me up in the airport sometimes. Like, I'm not going to keep it from my parents. So there was, like, there was this anticlimactic moment from my parents, like, oh, good. It it, it did happen. Great. (laughs) Well, they knew you, your career and how well-respected you were and probably saw all this growth in your career. I mean, ESPN, doing basketball games, doing – National things, and yeah, then your parents had no doubt. Yeah, they probably knew something well, coming. Well, parent, yeah, parents never have any doubt. But like, come on, Sue and Rob Benetti, like, at least, <laughs> at least fame. So when people ask me the question, I can say, oh, they were overjoyed. I mean, they were overjoyed that this all happened, right? So it was this lengthy. I'm sure they were very nervous for me. I'm sure they were more nervous than I was about getting the job in the first place. But but the the actual day it happened, it was basically. You know, I had flown out here a couple weeks prior to meet Steve for dinner. The Sox brought me out here to Arizona to talk with Steve, and, and I, did, I had the feeling that it wasn't something they were doing for a number of people. It seemed like a, a, a lengthy way to go 
for a number of people. So I figured that I was in pretty good shape in terms of getting the job at that point, but I didn't know. And then it was a few weeks later that, that Bob Grimm called me with the offer. So, uh, we were hopeful, Sure. but, uh, when it, when it finally happened, it was like, it was like fizzle. I mean, and I thought, come on. Yeah. Right. Right. Think about that though. Steve Stone worked with Harry Carey, Hawk Harrelson. I mean, Harry is a legend. Hall of Famer. Hawk should be a Hall of Famer. And now here comes Jason Benetti. And I'm glad you said that, by the way, because Hawk should be a Hall of Famer. Hawk- that's actually, that is a torch we're carrying on this podcast, The Cycle. And uh, every week we tell our th- 300 to 500 listeners, make sure he's a Hall of Famer. And it, it's going to snowball. Our, our, we're actually getting more and more listeners and, and getting more good reviews. And, and I hope you, you have a time. To, you said you're doing a lot of logistical things today. Right. Uh, add uh, reviewing the cycle to your little punch list there and give us uh, four, four or five stars if you would. And that puts you Is in the running, like on that puts you in the running for an uh, autographed Chris Sale hat, by the way. BTW. You want to get a hat signed by Chris Sale? And it is a White Sox hat. We did check that. It's not a fedora. It's not. Do I do I want to get the hat? Is it, am I am I in the lottery? Am I okay to to do that? If Can I win the Chris Dale hat? And I'm not strong arming you to write a positive review. Right. He's we just a review, or good, stars. bad, or indifferent. If I wrote a negative review, what do I get in the lottery for? Who's let's signed not, hat? You let's will, pretend it's not going to happen. Yeah, you'll be in the running for the hat. You won't win, but you will be in the running. Oh, so so it's it's weighted. It's like some of they you froze some of the ping pong balls, right? So one of them's heavier. <laughs> yeah, right. David Stern's running this. Absolutely. Is that <laughs> one of the things? I wasn't I wrote, alluding to any specific lottery. No, with you that. weren't right. No, you weren't. Just one of the many with ping pong balls that involve sports. Uh, one of the America. Things, that's true. I learned that uh, when you were a kid, even though you wanted to be a broadcaster, you hated the idea of being a TV broadcaster. Is that true? So I just wasn't a TV announcer. I just didn't do TV generally. I gravitated toward radio. So it wasn't, it wasn't hate. It was just, hey, this is where I think I can really make my niche is, is radio. I mean, I'm, I'm not uh, – young Jason Benetti wasn't the most photogenic person in American history. Let's say that. You should be friends with Flanagan on Facebook. He just posted some rough ones when Awful. he was a kid too. Yeah. But for you, oh, it got good. better, Jason. That's great. For me, it didn't. Let's blackmail. Let's blackmail ourselves today. <laughs> you got it. So, you, did you think that television was like an easier way, or that radio was more true broadcasting? So, what it was, I mean, honestly, and I don't think it's a major secret. Like, I have I have cerebral palsy, and that affects how I walk and how I look. I mean, if you really want to look at it while I'm doing a game, I, I have difficulty looking directly at the camera with both eyes. That's just not something that I'm able to do. So uh, it was it was a place, radio was a place where the inhibitions were gone uh, without getting too deep and philosophical. But I also enjoy the language as well. And with radio, you describe every pitch and you describe every ground ball. And you can do that with evocative verbs. With TV, there are different skills that TV plays into. So I, I grew up a radio guy loving both sides of that, the selfish side of me feeling most comfortable and the linguistic side where I feel like I can, you know, use the skill set that I have for the language to, to describe things. 
Was that a big adjustment, not having to paint a picture the same way? It was, but the great thing, and it wasn't great for the viewers, but the great thing for me is when, when, the, uh, the, when, when the feed goes out, I get to do radio. So this happened a couple times, once in a basketball game and once in a, in a baseball game, just for a, a couple batters in spring training, we lost our video. So they said to me in the truck, hey, go ahead and do radio. And I thought, hey, I get, I get two batters worth of radio. That's fun, too. And young so Jason Benetti got all excited about that, didn't he? Oh, yeah. We, I mean, Well, I look. read that, that you, you would play video games and broadcast <laughs> games as a, as a kid that you were playing, and that that's how you... Not everyone does that? <laughs> no. I mean, I thought it was the coolest. Did you, at, at an early age, did anyone say to you, like, man, you got, you got some great pipes? No, that's decidedly not true. I, uh, and, and, you know, you go, you go through the, the whole puberty thing, and your voice kind of gets deeper, so that helps. But it sounds like even you're when on I, the back end of that. Hello, <laughs> how are you? Good to see you. Um, no, I think, I mean, when, when I was even coming through college, if you listen to some of my older work, your voice is a work in progress at all times. Like, to, to figure out where the resonance is in your voice is, 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 is work. It's an effort. It's a day-by-day figuring out where your range is type thing and speaking, quote-unquote, from your diaphragm, as people say. So that's, that's the whole goal is to try to make it sound the best and the most comfortable but it's also it also has to still be you. Like this is not a put on in any way. It's just a matter of me expanding my range over the course of time. Sure, and then here you are on a cell phone. I mean, no filter at all. We're not using anything here. You sound you sound great. I mean, it's got to be. Is this something that have you ever do like vocal exercises or anything like when you are losing your voice? Do you have a secret to kind of get it? Back? I'm a bit. I'm a big hot tea with honey guy. I think that that helps tremendously. Like losing uh, it or not, or consistently, like every day. No, lo- losing it. Lo- if I lose it, or if I so if I if I have a long game in double overtime, or a, a an especially exciting football game, or an extra inning game that has many big plays, I'll feel it a little bit the next day. Or if I'm doing a bunch of games in one day, I did that up in central New York, like three high school football games in one day, the sectional championships, things like that. Or when people do the NCAA tournament, I'll feel it. And I'll just, it's tea and water and lemon and honey and the combination uh, thereof. But the idea is to just, to just uh, to add the, the, uh, viscosity to your voice i guess yeah but um on your day off doing this nonsense podcast is a great thing that you were looking for is this nonsense (laughs) this doesn't feel like nonsense to me this feels substantive (laughs) it is thank you for that save that for your review yeah put that on the review yeah yeah this feels substantive jason benetti do you warm up before a game voice Um, any uh, exercises so I used to, when I, when I was doing the games at High Point University, I used to live in Winston-Salem, so it was about a half-hour drive to the arena that they had. And if I'm in the car alone or sometimes with others, I will, uh, I will sing, especially like deeper parts, to get my voice into the range that I wanted. But I'm not like unique New York, the arsonist has oddly shaped feet guy. No, I don't, I don't do that. <laughs> Give us a couple. Uh, give us like a couple 
lines of, of what you might sing. We'll, we'll join in with well, So I gen- well, here's the Here's the problem. Are you guys musical fans? Do you like yeah. musicals? Yes. Oh, yeah, I, I, I know I'm some not. musicals. I'm a lot more worldly about- than Flanagan. Mm, that's true. I'm from the South Side. We so love that musicals. that makes you more worldly? Yeah. You, we love musicals. That's what the South Side's <laughs> known for is musicals. Come on. Uh, I don't. I don't know that I'm going to sing with you. I don't know that I'm really. I'm. I'm really in the. Uh, in the state of mind to do that. I, hey, here's what ready. I'll do. Here's what I'll do. When, when, whenever I'm ready. When, when you guys have me in studio do the podcast with you, I will. I will sing for you. All right. Just give us what the what which musical are you doing? I, Phantom of the so Opera. I, I was a big. I was a big ragtime fan. Have you seen Ragtime? No, I haven't seen that. He loves musicals. So I did see Phantom. I took a girl for that to go see that once, and my buddies were all over me for that. They were like they were singing Phantom to me. They were like dork, 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 dork. But that's but that's, that's all they that's know. How supportive they were. Yeah. All right, that's, come on. That's I sang the only something. part they know. Sing us something from Ragtime, or just give us the lyrics. So the the well, I, I don't I don't I don't I'm not I I told you I'll sing. When you have me next time That's in fair. studio with you. Oh, I love fair. it. I love the tease. Since you're coming in studio and you're going to write a review to try and win that Chris Sale autographed hat, <laughs> since you're at spring training, can you do us a favor and uh, pick up a White Sox hat and then have Chris Sale sign it? Oh, interesting. <laughs> this, is, this is just as this – is, this is to have on hand so, no, in totally case unrelated. of a need. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I that see. So I see. Great. They're like a kind of a storehouse for prizes. Now go get it. That's Interesting. Just, Interesting. So looking, uh, looking ahead to the season, Jason, looking ahead to the season, are you going to be um, – what are you going to do when they're on the road? You, you, you'll be, I assume, watching the games. Or are you going to – Yeah, I mean, when, when I can watch the game live, I absolutely am going to watch the game live. Every now and then I'm going to have an event for ESPN. Um, as I fulfill my contract with them, and they've been really great about this whole thing. So sure. uh, I have a I have a spring football game on April 16th that was just announced. I'm doing Kentucky spring football. I have a college baseball game in May. I have some possible little league games later on uh, that I that I did last year. I haven't really heard about that. So you did like little league World Series? I did little league World Series regionals. What's that so, atmosphere like? Good atmosphere. It is the best. Really? The best. So uh, I was doing these games. By the way, my analyst was Spanky Lavalier, former Sox Oh, catcher. yeah, oh, Mike wow. Lavalier. Yeah, yeah. So ask he, Robin Ventura about – there's a great story about um, – About the shoes. The shoes. Oh, okay, you're on it. Sorry. Right. Robin, Robin and, and Scott Reifert from the Sox have both told me independently that they're going to find me the video. <laughs> oh, great. That's great. So I need, I need to see the video because Spanky told me about it and Robin's told me about it and people with the Sox have told me about it. So I've got to see it. But, so we're doing this game. It's the sixth inning. They're playing six, I think it was, or they're playing seven. It's, it's the final inning, two outs. This kid's throwing legitimately a no-hitter to go to Williamsport. So if he gets rid of this batter, they're going to Williamsport, and he's throwing a no-hitter. So he's, it's like one and two, and he steps off the mound, and he's laughing. Our director catches him laughing, this kid who's like six feet tall. He's bigger than everybody. He's laughing, his face off. Like, well, yeah, like, <laughs> like young Jimmy Fallon breaking in skit laughing. Wow. Great reference. So – 
we, we, we look at the shortstop, and the shortstop is chirping at the kid through his glove, trying to make the pitcher laugh. <laughs> and he was, I asked the kid afterward, I was like, what were you saying to him? He said, oh, I was just saying, come on, let's go to Williamsport. Like, make this happen. Get it done. And the kid wouldn't stop laughing. And I thought about it when I was driving home that day. Like, when, when does this go away, right? When does this true human, we don't even care about the no-hitter, we're just trying to have fun thing go away. Because that was, that was one of the most amazing moments I've ever seen in sports, and I honestly don't think I'll forget it for a very, very long time. Oh, that's so great. Do you see that, though, occasionally? Like, you, or, like spring training, being down there right now, you seeing the guys bonding, having some fun? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, Todd Frazier is a mile a minute. He's hilarious to be around. But, like, it just uh, it was yesterday. Melky Cabrera ran into the wall and made a catch and just kind of like flopped. Yeah. And when he got up, he was laughing. A couple other people were laughing. We had Carson Fulmer on from the dugout, and legitimately they took the entire snack bar from the clubhouse and threw it at him <laughs> during our interview. It was like seeds and peanuts, like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, a turkey. I don't know. I don't. It was everything. Anything oh, they could it. find, they were flinging at him. I swear, I think that stuff matters. I, I, I just do. I mean, that was one of the I do too. Of the 05 team. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. I mean, he, he ended, Carson Fulmer ended the interview with a peanut, like a full peanut shell on his pullover <laughs> as a badge of honor. Jason, you mentioned. I just lo- I'm sorry. I just love when he says anything, it sounds great. It's when awesome. he said peanut butter and jelly, I, mm. just, I wanted one. We should just have him say things and make them sound cool. When you come back. We're going to do that. We're going to write out a bunch of random phrases because you can make anything sound cool. Can we have you do our intro? Sure, yeah, I'll do that for you. Awesome. This guy. Uh, the, fee is, the fee is $9 million and three <laughs> peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. That's fine. <laughs> Will you take a Chris Sale signed hat? <laughs> <laughs> Only if I'm the one that procures it in the first place. You're not going to believe this, but that was going to happen no matter what. So. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, guys. I've always wanted that. So we always ask a, a guest about something random, like a random secret about them. And um, well, now we know you like mu- musicals, ragtime. But we want to dig a little bit further on that. I'll give you an example. We had, uh, and you may know him, Chuck Swirsky. We had him on, and Chuck talked about how he writes poetry. Um, we also had Ryan Chavarini, who revealed he's a big chess player. What is something that the world does not know about Jason Benetti? I have locked myself in a hotel bathroom. In a hotel bathroom? (laughs) In a hotel bathroom. This one we want you to elaborate on, Jason. So I was doing the Atlantic Sun Championship game a couple of years ago. It was the year after Dunk City became Dunk City. So there's a Chris Sale hook to this. Uh, He wasn't there, but it was at Florida Gulf Coast. And so the day before the game, I was the only member of the crew who was in. They all had games the, the day before our game. So I was in. And we, had, we didn't have any dinner plans, so I was basically on an island, and I had planned to go to shoot-arounds or, or the practices the day before. I was staying at this hotel in Fort Myers, and it was a, a hotel where <laughs> the bathroom is just one of those kind of stalls. It's a shower stall. There's no, there's no uh, sink in the bathroom. It's separate. So I go in, I take the shower, I get out of the shower, and I'm pulling on the handle, and the door just won't open. Like, the mechanism has stopped working, right? Oh, no. So I'm like, oh, my gosh. 
this is not good. Yeah. Because nobody's going to know where I am. And I'm in the bathroom, and there's no sink. So, like, I'm going to be drinking in the shower. No sink. Terrible. Windows? No sink. No windows. No windows. Nothing. So, I, like, I think, what am I going to do? So, my first thing is, like, I try to throw my shoulder into the door, a la Michael McKeon in Short Circuit 2, and, like, same result. Yeah, we're all picturing that. Everyone knows that. Yeah, everyone. That's a solid reference. You go from Anchorman to Short Circuit 2. I mean, it was definitely the lesser of the short circuit, cir- circuit let's say. The shorter um, circuit. <laughs> it, it was rather short-circuited, in fact. So uh, I throw my shoulder into the door. I'm like 80 pounds. That's not going to work. And then I think like, oh, I'll Jack Bauer this and try to jimmy the lock open with something. And so I pull the picture off the wall, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if there's something I can pull off. And I get a little kind of like metal hook off the picture, and then I think to myself, I have no idea how to jimmy a lock. Like, I know what it is, but I feel like, what, what have I ever broken into? Why didn't you just like, try I, talking to it? Use your voice. Well, so that, was, that probably would have been uh, more, more effective than what I had chosen. So I, I, that's, it's funny you say that because that's what I was left with. Uh, one of the first things I do when I get into a hotel room is put on the Do Not Disturb sign because, you know, sometimes you sleep in when you're doing games because it's a night game and all this stuff. So all I could do was scream. That's all I could do. So I'm in the bathroom screaming Ragtime? for 30 minutes. Ragtime? <laughs> no. <laughs> that, uh, maybe that would have worked. Or maybe people would have just said, uh, there's what if people a just gathered in the hallway and just listened, like, oh, this is awesome. I like this music. Right, and they form a chorus. And it's, yeah, it's the, it's, the most, uh, it's the most melodious false imprisonment in human history. So I... Uh, what ends up happening is I scream for like half an hour and people two doors down hear me screaming, I'm locked in the bathroom, please let me out. <laughs> Somebody oh call the front desk. <laughs> and they, let, they, they have to pull the handle off the door and like push the door open to get me out. Oh, were they annoyed? Were they like, haven't you ever seen Short Circuit 2? <laughs> were they annoyed? Were they, were they annoyed? Uh, I don't care if they were annoyed. I, I almost died in their bathroom. You almost you had water in there. You would have fine for a few days. You think? Well, I, I don't know. I, I'm glad you got out. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, what if, interestingly enough, I looked behind the toilet after I got out, and there was a Chris Sale autograph. <laughs> He's doing callbacks? And oh, everything? this guy's great. You remind me of a young Dick Biondi. Oh, Wow. <laughs> Oldies 104.3 for you. <laughs> yeah. What would you be doing if you weren't uh, broadcasting games? You think I you would use your voice? Games. You think you would use your voice in another way? You, would, would you be a, a DJ or? Uh... You know, I've I've always wanted to do improv, but I have never done uh, improv. Oh, you're a funny so, guy. We could hook you up with that. Absolutely. We'll get you. A, you could hook me up with that. Oh yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll get you a spot at Zanies. I don't know if you know this, but we're not professional broadcasters. Uh, we're stand-up comedians. Well, I'm uh, I'm masquerading as a professional broadcaster. So does that? Am I? Do I get to come on again? <laughs> yeah. Do you, are you going to use your humor a lot this year? Do you shy away from that? Do you ever think like oh, I don't want to say that, but it's maybe it's not the time to be funny? Because I think White Sox fans will relate to that. I think they'll enjoy that. So yeah. that that's so the filter is definitely something that you have to have. However. The way we've started, you know, my first Sox game being at spring training 
where essentially it's like whose line is it anyway, where the results don't matter, the points don't count. Uh, Sony and I have had a, a good deal of fun, and, and we've been jokey at points, and sure. I think that's great, especially for a blowout game. But, but what Sox fans need to understand, too, is like when the game gets serious, we're going to be serious. We, right. we both love baseball yeah. from different prisms, but we love baseball. So we're going to have a great time out here in spring. We're going to have a great time during the season. But if it's 5-5 in the ninth, we're doing, we're doing straight-up baseball and all that. That's, that's exactly how it plays. But, yeah, I, I, look, it's a long season. Yeah. And it, baseball's a long game, sure. but, but in a good way. Players have these hooks, and they remind you of things, and they have stories that remind you of things, and you get to use the language to remind people of those things. So, yeah, if, if we're not laughing in a, in a 10-1 game, how else are you going to handle it? Right. Well, I th- I'm so I'm so excited, of it, and I think it's going to be great. And I bet that Steve Stone is going to be, you know, right. Steve Stone is great. He's phenomenal. But, you know, having a young guy, young energy, that's contagious. He's going to be excited because you're excited. He's going to be getting to know you. You're going to bring some fresh stuff to the booth. I think it's going to be a lot Are you of saying fun. I'm bacterial in nature? You just said I was contagious. That's exactly what he's saying. Oh, man. I, you know, I tried being mean early. You didn't like that. <laughs> I'm trying to be complimentary. You're, you're very difficult to get close to, man. <laughs> when I'm in studio, when I'm in studio, I'll do your intro, I'll, I'll sing, and, and we can hug it out. Oh, this is good. That, that episode, I'm looking forward to, and we're going to hold you to that. You guys will be um, back here in Chicago in April. We're looking forward to the opener on April 8th, and we would absolutely love to have you back on, Jason. Thanks so much for. Does this mean I'm going away now? I'm gone. I'm done. No, you're not done if you don't want to be. I'm going to plug your Twitter real quick. I think you're a great Twitter feed. Um, I follow you. Um, you're at Jason Benetti. Are you big into social media? So I am. I am. I, I don't respond to everybody um, yeah, because that would be difficult. But I I pick my spots. I don't. I, you know, supply and demand, right? I it's it's important to me that people know that I'm there, and I'm re- I read it all. I do read it all, at least to this point. Sure. Um, so you know, if if you say something interesting or funny or whatever to to our sensibilities, I'll, I'm probably going to say it on the air. Oh, that's because crazy. I think I think you should be part of it, but you know, not everything is is of that level. Because if I if I just stocked the broadcast with everything people were saying on Twitter, we'd have no editor. <laughs> exactly. So you know, it, it's it's pick and choose, and and I think that's fair. But but so people know I'm there and I read it. Well, that's great, and people will be following you. We're going to encourage them at Jason Men. And by the way, Twitter. by the way, I use I use Twitter much more for both information and snarky life things yeah, that I, I see, it. like signs that don't make sense, things of that nature. Yeah, I think Perfect. it really, you use it well. Some people don't know how to use it. I think you use it well. Talk about um, some things that you do outside of when you're broadcasting, just to, to relax. Are you binge-watching any shows right now? What are you into? So I, I'm a huge Better Call Saul guy. Okay. Uh, I'm watching that right now. I actually am also... Whether whether this is embarrassing or not, I am also a very large Survivor fan. No, that's not embarrassing. What are they like twenty yeah. seasons? Season like that? one, season two. I'm with you. You mean so still? I rewatched season still? one. I, what's you that? couldn't get out of the bathroom. You're watching Survivor. That is a great point. If leaving the bathroom was for immunity, I would not. 
be immune. The tribe is spoken, Jason. <laughs> Please stay in here forever. How many uh, seasons are they on now? I really, I was really into Survivor the first maybe three seasons. That's like in the nineties, I think. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was ninety nine. The first one. What are they on now? Trent, Trent Dilfer the was the a Texas Super Bowl flag. winning quarterback around when it started. Who was? Trent Dilfer. Oh my god. Your references are so solid. It's unbelievable. You're all over the place, too. Like I said, from something like Anchorman, and then you go to Michael McKeon and Short Circuit, too. <laughs> Jimmy well, I'm glad, I'm, glad I bought this, I'm glad I bought this proper noun generator at Brookstone. Let's go, it see seems how like far it's you can go back. See how far you can go back. Michael McKeon. Now, use a Michael McKeon reference to tell uh, people what, know who he is. The, uh, Spinal Tap. The Spinal folks that tap. like Spinal Tap. Or uh, Lenny and Squiggy. Yes, that's what I wanted you to say. He was in Laverne and Shirley. That's what I wanted you to say. All right, walk back it from Laverne and Shirley. Let's see how far he can go. Michael McKeon after, but before Laverne and Shirley. You can just link Laverne and Shirley to something else. Happy days. I mean, happy days. Yeah, yeah. All right, keep going. Joni loves Chachi. (laughs) Right. Come on. Pinky, Pinky Tuscadero. Is that what? Is this what you're looking for? You're doing great. Keep it up, man. You're off today. Keep going. Yeah, I think I'm done. I'm, I'm done. Well, then, then you got the pink ladies with Grease. Oh, that's great. Dr. Tanning, who was also in the West Wing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is going to be fun, man. We're, we're lucky to have you. The White Sox are very lucky to have you. As a fan, I'm excited um, to be listening to you. I mean, I love Hawk, and <laughs> we're happy that we still have Hawk. But um, having you on board is going to be fresh. It's going to be what was the love boat? It's going to be fresh, inviting, and new. That's all. Come aboard. Will you keep Charlo away from me, please? <laughs> we'll do what we can. Thank you. Jason, thanks so much. It was a pleasure, guys. Thank yeah, you. Thanks. We're looking forward to meeting you in person. Um, enjoy the rest of spring training there, and we'll see you in Chicago soon. Sounds great. I'll get Chris a pen. Appreciate that. <laughs> all right. Jason talk to you guys. Benetti, everyone. Thanks, Jason. Thank you. All right, wasn't that fun? Jason Benetti. He's the newest member of the White Sox broadcasting team. He's going to fit right in. Everyone's excited about it. He's, uh, as you heard, a tremendous guy, a lot to this man, and uh, we couldn't be luckier to have him with the White Sox organization. I'm hoping that he becomes a regular guest on the cycle. I feel like we could talk to that guy for hours, and maybe we will lock ourselves in a hotel bathroom and do just that. Thank you again for listening to The Cycle. We want your reviews on iTunes, and uh, we hope to see you at U.S. Other Field soon. Opening day, April 8th, and then opening weekend, obviously the 9th and 10th after that. Come on out to the ballpark. We're getting close. That's it for now. I'm Pat McGann. Thank you for listening to The Cycle. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story and one of the best 
stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 